than they actually were. Jesus is warning uh, the crowd against being like them. Uh, he says that to follow him will be uh, difficult because people will be uh, angry with them, will try to make them stop uh, following Jesus. But they're to remember that God always cares for us, that even the very hairs on our head are numbered and known to God. Now, everybody's listening. There's a big crowd. There's thousands of people. But there is one man in the crowd, and it's just going, whoa. He's not really listening to what Jesus is saying because he's bugged by what his brother has been doing. Their, their daddy obviously died and left money. And the other brother, the one that's not there, was probably the older brother. And so he has taken all the money. And this younger brother thinks that he should share the money that their daddy left between him, between the two of them. And so when Jesus uh, stops for a moment, he says to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the money or the inheritance between us. Now, I suppose all of us know what it is to argue with brothers or sisters about things, right? It starts, doesn't it, over things like Lego, you know? <laughs> Daddy, tell me, tell Robert to give uh, my share of the Lego back to me. Or she's not sharing her dolls with me. We start to argue about these things. And the thing is that we don't stop. We don't stop until we're grown up and we are like this man who's arguing over an inheritance. And many of our problems, many of the, the, the fights that we get into at school and then later on begin with wanting to have more things, more stuff, more toys, uh, more uh, unimportant uh, things. And Jesus is going to have nothing to do with this request from the man. He says, who made me? Uh, a judge over you. And then he tells him a story which is a story which shows the, uh, the danger of getting into a situation of greed. Now, when we, when we think about uh, what Jesus is saying, it's important to remember that God gives us good things to enjoy. But when he does, he wants us to be thankful and he wants us to share what we have. And greed is something which destroys enjoying good, God's good gifts. We want to have more and more and more. And sometimes the magazines and so on and television, they make out that people who have got lots and lots of money, who've got big, big cars, who are earning a fortune every week, uh, maybe the footballers or pop stars or whoever, who are really, really wealthy, uh, we're told that they are the people who are really happy because they have all these things. And the truth is they're not. Many of them are desperately sad because uh, they've got many what we call possessions, right? They have possessions, but actually the possessions have begun to possess them. They can never be satisfied with having enough. Now, some of you will know, uh, where does this come from? What's that, that, that from? Lord of the Rings, that's right. And if you know the story of the Lord of the Rings, you know that there's a character called Gollum. Lord of the Rings, right? And Gollum was, used to be a, a hobbit-like creature, but this ring, which he is so desperate to have, has made him, he, he's not a very nice-looking creature, is he? He's all deformed and so on. But he's also deformed in his mind. And he 
can think of nothing but having this ring. Or what does he call the ring? Do you remember what he calls the ring? My precious. My precious. And uh, he is just desperate to have it. We want it, he says. We need it. Must have the precious. They stole it from us. Sneaky little hobbits. He's desperate to have it. Now, what the ring is to Gollum, things can be to us. We can't get enough of them. And the point that Jesus is making is that we don't have happiness, we don't have the, the truly good life that God wants us to have if we're going to build it on the things that we have. That is not going to give us true joy. So Jesus tells a story, uh, a parable, uh, to show that not only is it a big mistake uh, to think that the good life can come from having things, but if we try to build our life on things it's really stupid because we can't keep them. There's different reasons why uh, we can't keep them. Uh, the, one of the memory verses that, that uh, you, you learned was that uh, thieves can come in and steal and moth and moths and rust will destroy. And that's why we're to store up treasures in heaven. And also another thing that can take away our, our uh, treasures is death. Uh, we will die one day and we can't pass on our treasures. So Jesus is warning against storing up uh, things. And he tells a story about uh, a farmer uh, who was a very good farmer. He was good at growing crops. Very carefully grew his crops. And year by year uh, he had more. And this year he comes uh, to it's harvest time, and he's got loads and loads of crops. And he thinks to himself, well, I haven't got enough space to hold all the crops that I have. I'll need to take down my barns, and I'll need to uh, design and build bigger barns that will hold all that I have. So uh, he gets his maps out, makes his plans for this bigger barn, and then he starts building the barn. And eventually... He's got this super barn that will hold all the stuff that he has harvested that year. And uh, he's very satisfied. Once he's got all his crops in this big, big barn, he says to himself, ah, now I can enjoy the good life. I can enjoy a happy retirement. I can eat and drink and I can enjoy myself because I've got lots of wealth, lots of things stored up for years to come. And he goes to bed, and in the night, God says to his soul, this night, your soul will be required of you. In other words, you're going to die. And who then will have all those things which you have stored up? And so, in the parable, in the story, the rich farmer dies, and the goods that he has stored in his new barns are no good to him. Now, we don't have many farmers in Coatbridge, but there's lots of different ways in which this kind of story can take place. Uh, just imagine, imagine uh, a young, uh, young boy called John. Uh, he, he's left school. Uh, he didn't have any, any uh, qualifications, but he's determined he's going to do well. He's going to work really hard. And John says to himself, I'm going to make million pounds before I'm 25. 
and he nearly does it. And he starts off and he works in a quarry. And he's living at home and he doesn't have any outgoing. So everything, every, every pound that he earns, he puts aside. He saves up his money and he works long overtime. And then eventually he's got enough money that he can put down a deposit and buy with a loan a quarry for himself. A quarry is a place where we take rocks out, stones, and we, people who've got quarries sell them to folks who are building houses. Or maybe making roads, and the stone is used for uh, making a foundation for the roads. And John knew that he was going to have a lot of money because all around him uh, they were building big motorways, and he knew that he'd be able to sell so much of the, the rock that he was taking from, this big, big hole in the ground. And uh, he had a girlfriend, and they were going to get married one day. When he had made his first million, he said, we'll get married then. And he bought six shining new trucks that were going to take the rock on the quarry uh, to the, the motorway that were being built all around the town. And so one, one evening, uh, he's sitting outside this uh, house, uh, with Julie, his girlfriend, and they're thinking to themselves, everything is going so well. Everything's going so well. The money is going to start coming in. We'll be able to pay off the loan that we've taken out for the, the quarry and for the lorries. We'll be able to uh, buy a big home and we'll be able at last to get married because we'll have enough money. I'll have made my first million. And the phone goes. And on the other end of the phone, it's the manager from the quarry. And there's been a bit of a, a mishap in the quarry. In this big hole in the ground where they're digging all the rocks, water has come in. And it's now sitting under 30 feet of water. And there's nothing they can do about it. And then the phone goes again, and it's somebody from the council, and he says, we've, we've heard that you've got trouble in the, the quarry, and I'm afraid we're not going to make the contract with you for all that rock for the roads. And in the space of five minutes, all of his dreams have been shattered. And instead of being a millionaire, he's lost everything. Jesus warns us not to store up money, not to make our treasures here, where we can lose it so quickly, just like the farmer, just like John. Right, we're going to break and we're going to sing another couple songs and then we're going to come back and we're going to think again about uh, Jesus' parable. And the theme song for the week now, I think it was most of his favourite song, Who's the King of the Jungle? So I'll go through the actions again first. Who's the king of the jungle? Ufu. <laughs> Who's the king of the sea? Bubble, bubble, bubble. Who's the king of the universe? And who's the king of me? I'll tell you. J-E-S-U-S. Yes. He's the king of me. He's the king of the universe, the jungle, and the sea. Bubble, bubble, bubble. Ufu. So I think all the kids know the words and the actions. Do you want to come to the front? Do you want to come out? Anyone? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do it 
jungle. Who's the king of the sea? Who's the king of the universe? And who's the king of me? I'll tell you. So the farmer had lots in his barns, thought he was going to have a great time stretching ahead for many years to come, and in that night, the Lord said, you fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Uh, the Russian writer, a Russian writer uh, called Tolstoy, wrote a story once, uh, and it was also about a successful farmer, and the farmer was told that uh, for some of a thousand rubles, which is not actually an awful lot of money, he could buy all of the land that he wanted if he walked around this land in a day. So imagine that. If he walked around, he could have as much land as he could walk around in a day. The only catch in the deal was that he had to be back at his starting point at sunset. So he started early, didn't he? Because he wanted to have as much land as he could. He started early in the morning and he walked at a fast, fast pace. By the time it got to 12 o'clock midday, he was very tired, but he kept going, covering more and more ground. Well into the afternoon, he realized that his greed for more and more land had taken him a long way from the starting point. He quickened his pace, and as the sun began to sink, he ran faster and faster to get back to where he had started. He knew that if the sun set before he got back, then the opportunity to become an even bigger and more successful farmer would be lost. As the sun began to set, he came in sight of the finishing line gasping for breath, his heart pounding. He summoned every ounce of strength left in his body and staggered across the line just before the sun disappeared. Straight away, he collapsed, and in a few minutes, he was dead. And afterwards, his servants dug a grave, and it wasn't much more than six feet long, or two meters long, and one meter wide. And the title of Tolstoy's story is, How Much Land Does a Man Need? In the end, all he was left with was two meters by one for his grave. Jesus tells us how stupid we are if we think that we can keep the things that we long for uh, in this earth. 
But, you know, there's an end to the story which is really, really good, really positive. Uh, and Jesus, in his warning, has a positive message uh, in it. He says, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up uh, things for himself, but is not rich towards God. That end bit which is so hopeful, because it means that we can be rich towards God. Isn't that good? I want to be rich towards God. All of us, I hope, would want to be rich towards God. So how is it that we can be rich towards God? What does it mean to be rich towards God? Well, it means that we have Jesus as our Savior. Listen to what uh, Paul tells the church in Ephesus about riches. He says that they know the riches of his grace. That's God's grace expressed to us in his kindness in Christ Jesus. God's riches is his grace that he has given to us in Jesus. It's that we can be made right with God. It means that God will wipe away all the wrong in our life, all our sins, all the bad stuff that we've ever done, all the, the times when we've wanted to go our own way and we've lived selfishly and had no time for living for God. All of that can be forgiven. But not only that, he says that the riches of Christ can be made ours. You see, Jesus lived a perfect life. He lived an obedient life. He was never rebellious never lived for himself. He lived, only, he lived only to please God. And what Jesus has lived out in earth, God gives us so that we can be perfect in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've not done what we should have done. We've actually been uh, bankrupt. We've had nothing in the bank spiritually. We've lived for ourselves. We've lived for our own uh, pleasures. And we come to Jesus and we find to our utter amazement that he has opened up for us a spiritual bank with all his riches and that we can be rich in Jesus now. And when we die, instead of uh, going to hell and suffering loss, we will be with God forever and know his joy. Now, X-ray, do you know what an X-ray machine is? gives you a picture of what we can't see, doesn't it? It shows you uh, what is inside us. Now, an x-ray machine in a hospital will show up bones and will show uh, uh, what the, the inside of our teeth are like, whether we've got rot in our teeth or whatever. Well, if there was a spiritual x-ray machine that showed us what we're like without Jesus, it would tell a very sorry story. It would not be a story of how good we were before God, of the advantages that we had. It would show our need. It would show that we really are hungry for what is really satisfying. Uh, it would show us our sins. It would show us that we wonder what will happen to me after I die. And if we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, and if we say to Jesus, Jesus, I admit that what you say to me about my life is the truth and that I need to be forgiven I need to be prepared in order to meet God I want to know Jesus as my Savior then the riches of God that's found in Jesus becomes ours 
and we are rich for God. And the wonderful thing is that we don't have to earn it. We only have to receive it. It's God's gift to us. God's grace is given freely. We, in fact, we must not earn it. We must not try to pay for it by our good works. I told you, I think, uh, a while ago about a story when I was going to, to watch my, my team, uh, Aberdeen, playing St. Mirren uh, last year. And a funny thing happened to me when I was queuing up for a ticket. I was in a queue in front of this little desk and the lady was selling these tickets. Very expensive tickets, I have to say. Very expensive tickets. And there was this man uh, in a baseball cap and he was waving a ticket and he was shouting about whether I wanted this ticket for nothing. I thought this was some, something about salmon, so I just ignored him. <laughs> and I bought my ticket, handed over all my money to, to get this ticket, and then went over to, was making way to the turnstile. And the man said, why didn't you come and, and get the ticket? I had a ticket for you for nothing. And sure enough, he did. He couldn't go to the match, and he gave it to somebody else. I could have kicked myself for not getting the ticket. <laughs> but supposing, supposing my ticket wouldn't have been accepted. Supposing I'd taken a ticket that I had spent £15 on and had given it to the, 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 the man at the turnstile and said, no, I can't take that. Just free one if you take here. That would have been worse, wouldn't it? I wouldn't have got in. Heaven is a place where we need a free ticket. It's only the free ticket that will get us into heaven. The one that Jesus gives the one that makes us rich without us having worked for it. The one that we receive with gratitude, thanking God for his goodness. Here's Jesus' message to us. We can be really rich towards God. If we spend our, our lives trying to get things, they'll only disappoint us and we'll not keep them. There's a gift that he gives for nothing. And it makes us rich towards God, now and in heaven. May we be wise and trust in God for the riches that can't spoil. Martin Luther, the reformer, said once, I've held many things in my hands and I've lost them all. But whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. Amen. May God bless to us his word. We're going to close our service now. We're going to sing a well, well-known hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed I love the verse that talks about uh, when we've been there 10,000 years. Uh, it would be as though it's just started. In contrast to the treasures that we have here, which are gone so quickly, uh, we're looking forward to treasures that will never end. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound.